everybody. I'm Nick Roke with the Denver Post here with Cameron Wolf. Also of the Denver Post, you're listening to the first and orange prod podcast. Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Uh, they have a tough assignment this week with the New Orleans Saints. I think they're in real trouble, Cameron, but let's hold off on that for a second. First of all, um, which Snapchat filter is <laughs> is screwing with you right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was looking at Emmanuel Sanders' Snapchat, and he's uh, going through about seven different Snapchat filters, and I have a personal vendetta against Snapchat filters. <laughs> um, but he seems to love them. There's a bunch of Christmas ones going on. Oh, come on. He's got oh. the bunny ears, you know. Uh, he got T.J. Ward involved with the Christmas singing one. Uh, he got an upside-down filter. It, it's, it's just too much to handle uh, for one person. Yeah, no, that's there is definitely Snapchat filter overload. Overload? Load? O- overdosing? Whatever. Yeah. It can happen. Um, take us back to last week, though, real fast. Uh, Broncos at Oakland. Black hole. Tough place to play. It was very loud. It did not turn out very well for the Denver Broncos. I think it was an important game, a crucial – I think we'll look back at this game at the end of the season and see a real turning point. But it's possible I'm overreacting. What was the the locker room like uh, after that game? Because we've seen some locker rooms – sometimes we see a locker room after the Broncos win and they're not especially excited. And sometimes we see a locker room after they lose and they don't seem too, too concerned. Um, this is just how it, it's not. It doesn't say anything about their effort, and it's just how it's kind of how the mood goes. What was it like in the locker room after that game? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it was it was a it was a different feel. You know, it wasn't you know devastated, but it was sort of a uh, a self reflecting type situation. You know, it's a very questioning. You know, who truly are we? You know, sort of feel that that I got along because even some of their losses they had before. Um, they felt like it was kind of there out-schemed a little bit. You know, maybe the offense didn't carry its weight. Um, but ultimately, they felt like they still were who they were. You know, they still were the defending Super Bowl champions, and they still felt like they were still on that path. But this one was a little different. You know, um, they were punched in the mouth, and they were beat by a team they bullied, you know, over the last um, decade, really. And they really came and brought them the front. And this is the division game against a team – that's you know trying to be their equal um, mm-hmm. or better, and they really saw that hey you know we got beaten the trenches on both sides of the football, and that's really where football starts. And if you can't control the trenches, then that presents a potential um, theme for other teams to follow. So there's a lot of there was a lot of curiosity and worry like, you know maybe this isn't just anomaly. You know maybe this is a is something we really have to worry about. Derek Carr uh, was has been among the better passing quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, he did not pass especially well against Broncos. They didn't gain a lot of yards in the air, but they rushed forty. The Raiders rushed forty three times for yeah. two hundred and eighteen yards. They they stuffed it down the Broncos' throats, if we can use that terminology. Uh, they really did get beat up. They really did for the first time this season, um, which. We haven't seen for a while from this Denver defense, so it, w- it was definitely concerning. We were joking. We were joking with <laughs> Jeff Legwald earlier this week. There's probably some. The, the Broncos are now six and three. Mm-hmm. There are probably some four and four teams mm-hmm. in the NFL who are saying to themselves, "Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> four and four is great." Right. But in Denver, the Broncos have lost three of their last five. Mm-hmm. They're now six and three, and it's like the sky is falling. Yeah. So, on one hand. 
<clears throat> we have to give it some perspective. They're still six and three, mm-hmm. even if they're technically in third place in in the AFC West. They're still six and three. If the season ends today for whatever reason, they they'd be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'd travel to Houston, which is weird. Yeah. But uh, but so they're not. This, the season is by no means over for them, but they have a lot to catch up on, and now they suddenly have a problem to deal with on defense um, for the first time in a long time. Um, in this case, specifically stopping the run, which you're writing about right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, Derek Wolf was out for possibly a month, two to four weeks, he thinks. Um, Akib Tlaib has still not practiced this week as we, as we sit here right now. Uh, TJ Ward missed practice today. Uh, so they're definitely dealing with a lot of issues. How serious are these issues? Uh, they're pretty serious. I mean, uh, it's really a battle of attrition. Uh, for these guys, week 10, uh, they really kind of got a good or bad break, depending on how you look at it, with a, a week 11 bye week. So a lot of teams have already had their, their week to rest and recover and really uh, get back from being beat up for the first half of the season. And the Broncos are still trying to get through one more game so they get to that week. So the injuries are really starting to pile up and they're hurting. Um, they hope if Akib can't play this week and it's looking more and more likely that he won't play, um, that they'll get him back after the bye. Derek Wolf might be a little bit after that. Um, but, you know, hopefully those two guys get back. This is a chance for even your beat-up guys like Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. you know, Devontae Booker, um, guys that have been nursing injuries um, that have sort of been kind of playing through it. Uh, they get a chance to really uh, rejuvenate themselves and really go for the stretch run. Um, but I think the issues that are currently going on outside of the injuries um, are worse. Uh, the run defense, you know, they have the fourth worst run defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were in the top three last season with a 3.3 yards per carry average, uh, which was great. And now they're letting teams run down their throat for 218 yards. Yeah. Um, so that that's really a test of pride, you know, a test of of, uh, of will, and I think it's really a, a a sign that not only Malik Jackson, which fans like to, you know, uh, pl- talk about a lot, but Vance Walker, who tore his ACL in this summer and was expected to be a starter, are huge losses that you just can't um, truly replace. So Jared Crick has been doing you know a decent job, uh, but sometimes those things kind of add up when you lose. Uh, Malik Jackson, who may have been, along with Derek Wolf, your best defensive lineman, and you lose another starting defensive lineman that was supposed to replace him, right. uh, and now you're losing your best defensive lineman in Derek Wolf, you're really playing with the band of replacements. Um, and that's going to really challenge them. Teams know that's their weakness, so that's what they're going to see a lot uh, coming in. And it's really going to be a test on, you know, can you defy uh, what is proven to be your weak point? and really man up and uh, flip the strip. Yeah, no, right. Uh, like you said, they, they were allowing 3.3 yards per carry last season. It's now 4.4. It's basically up 30%. That's, yeah. that's a significant increase um, in yards allowed on the ground. Um, and now they're going to New Orleans, who do basically everything well on offense. Yeah. <laughs> they're the, the uh, leading passing team uh, by average, by game average, um, Drew Brees, his his total yards are a little bit behind Matt Ryan's, but they're as a team they're averaging more yards per game than any other team in the NFL uh, in the air. Total offense, they run the ball well, they pass the ball well, um, they do just about everything. Uh, so just as the Denver defense is struggling, now they have to face one of 
the best offenses in the NFL, the best offense in the NFL, let's be honest. Um, and like we like we were talking about today uh, with Gary Kubiak, it's another it's another of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The Broncos will after this week. The Broncos will have faced the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so, to me, this game does not bode very well for the Broncos. Um, let me ask you first about the defense. Can the key? Can they get by? Because the thing that they continue to do well is put pressure on the quarterback. Can that solve a lot of their issues? Fixing the run defense. Can can pressuring the okay. can pressuring Drew Brees? Yeah, what could run. could it sort of like domino? I see. If it can can the, can that? And I'm and I'm talking specifically about Von Miller and Demarcus Ware, and and. By extension, possibly Adam Gotsis or right, Shane right. Ray, whatever. Can they? Can their pressure on the quarterback sort of hide their other issues? Well, it had for yeah. the first half of the season. Um, this isn't a new issue. They've sort of had a leaky run defense throughout the year, but winning um, and ultimately other flashy numbers in other spots of defense hide your one weak area. You know, when you're getting six sacks in a game, nobody really cares that you're giving 120 yards rushing a game because that's just kind of, you know, sort of, you know, part of the game. Uh, but now when you're not getting those sacks, and I think they're, they are directly correlated, teams really realize what the Broncos' strengths are. Mm-hmm. They're second in the NFL with sacks with 28. Um, they have the best pass defense in the NFL, giving up 183.3 <laughs> yards a game. So passing is not a good idea coming right. against a team. doesn't matter if you're – you're Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're trying to look to pass here, it's not going to go as great as it has been in the past for you. So that means that teams go the opposite way, and that's running the football. Um, and that has given them some success and really opened up lanes for the passing attack. So that in itself uh, has really slowed down their pass rushers. Their numbers have decreased recently. Um, and there haven't been as many attempts. And when you don't have as many attempts, there's not as many chances. And running the football also decreases the amount of third and longs, right. which is really where the Broncos pass rushers get home and, and get their get their chops off. So um, those have been the real issues. Um, obviously, you want to get sacks. You want to get turnovers. Um, this is not a great quarterback to get either of those with. Uh, Drew Brees is probably one of the best in getting rid of the football out of his hands. Great pocket presence, great awareness of his uh, progressions. Um, so really, it's going to be about stopping the run, forcing them into those third and long situations, um, and then hopefully you know, getting home through there. It's funny. Um, tell me if I'm wrong here, because I think I've noticed a pattern. Not, not necessarily a pattern. When, when, when I started, kind of started focusing on, wh- on what situations the Broncos get beat in the run game mm-hmm. i assumed it was when they're in the nickel mm-hmm. so they'll they'll have like a, they'll have an extra uh player in the secondary so less coverage up front that, i don't think that that's the case no. I, um wh- for, wh- I, I, it seems like they're just getting beat straight up um against defensive linemen and linebackers but setting that aside for a minute what did you think with a keep to leave out last week um, like you said, they didn't allow very many yards against the Raiders passing. Um, what did you think of his replacements? Um, tell me what you saw from Lorenzo Doss, first mm-hmm. of all, and um, how did how did they uh, Bradley Roby as well, who who was who started the game? Um, did they did they fill in well? I mean, the numbers say they did. What did yeah. you What did you think? Um, 
I will say this. Uh, they they did miss a key Sunday night. Yeah. Um, the numbers definitely didn't show the full story, in my opinion, there. Um, I feel like Derek Carr did have some success um, attacking those secondary corners. You know, uh, he picked on Bradley Roby quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, particularly throughout that game. They got a lot of pass interference penalties that weren't really shown in the stat sheet um, that cost them key field position and eventually set up scoring possessions. I remember one possession where there was at least two, probably three, pass interferences on one drive that <laughs> yeah. led to a touchdown. Uh, some of them were questionable, more mm. questionable than the others, but those things kind of hurt you. And uh, you look at you know quarterbacks in this league, especially smart quarterbacks, no when you're missing guys and when you're say you're missing two out of your top four cornerbacks that's where you can attack yeah um and obviously their main priority was to run the football but when it came to it they were able to avoid chris harris and go towards lorenzo doss go towards bradley roby and a lot of those guys settled down once the game went on um i, did, I wouldn't say any of them played completely poorly uh it wasn't bradley roby's best day in the office um and lorenzo doss and t nicks they both got um, they both they both kind of got uh, the subject of a PI uh, call that was kind of ticky tack in my opinion. Um, <laughs> you can but, say it. you won't get fined. But yeah, uh, I, I think you know you'll see a lot of them this week. You might get Kayvon Webster back. He probably has a better chance of playing than Tlaib. Um So that gives them some depth. But the, the Saints really spread the ball around yeah. a lot. So all those guys may be on the field at one point, and it'll really in uh, Drew Brees. You know he doesn't have a favorite. So if he sees you getting beat by your guy, his guy's gonna get the ball in that situation. Let me let's flip it. Let me try to find even I might this might be a reach, but let me try to find some optimism here for the Bronco, Broncos at New Orleans, because um, we kind of ragged on their on their run game, the Broncos run game a little yeah. bit because they didn't run again. The numbers were not good for them uh, against the Raiders. Straight up running, they they did not do very well. Um, they started the game four four three and out to start the game. Well into the second quarter, they didn't get a first down. Um, in part because they couldn't run the ball. Um, but also, Capri Bibbs looked okay. We, I mean, it doesn't show up as a run, but the screen pass touchdown he had, that was a good run. Like that, yeah. I mean, it took him about 30 minutes to get to the end zone, but it was a good run. Um, he got some good blocks. He got some encouragement from, encouragement from Emmanuel Sanders along the way who kind of uh, directed where he should run. Um, but there, there was at least some there, – there was at least not an enormous – uh, drop off from when they lost CJ Anderson as far as as what we can see that they are capable of doing even if the yards aren't there um can they can they step up for the two part question Cameron mm-hmm. can they can they step up and and finally kickstart the Broncos run game and if this game gets into a shootout we haven't seen it yet from Trevor Simeon this year but if it's a thirty to twenty-eight game, can the Bron—I mean, can the Broncos hang in a thirty twenty-eight game? Even I, I mean, are, <laughs> yeah. do they have to win twenty to seventeen? Can they win thirty to twenty-eight? They prefer to win twenty to seventeen. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, it's tough. I mean, the Saints' defense is, isn't isn't world class by no. any means. Um, so this would be a, a sort of defense to get the offense right by. Um, and it's always helpful when you get some defense scoring along yeah. the way. Um, I believe their best offensive performance in the passing game of the season was against Cincinnati. Um, and that's really the day that we thought maybe this offense could be better. 
um, than maybe it was last year, and maybe we expected it, and it sort of appears that was more of a mirage than a, a trend because uh, there hasn't really been that sort of passing attack since then. Um, running has been more inconsistent. They've had really, really strong days on the ground, and they've had duds like last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's really getting it all together. Um, you never know when that game's going to come, and we're in the locker room after the game saying, how'd you guys figure it out? You guys are look terrible the last few weeks, but now you, you had your best performance, and you never know when that day is coming. So I don't want to count it out, uh, but from what we've seen evidence-wise, it's showing that, hey, if this team's going to win, it's going to be with a really strong defensive performance and um, really not forcing the offense to carry too much of the load. Yeah, um, and if I can stretch one more out of this, yeah. that game against Cincinnati was on turf. Yeah. And they're playing on turf. <laughs> they're playing on turf this week, so maybe that's a plus. I don't know. Any anything is uh, anything is possible. We we have seen though, uh, real fast. We have we have seen Trevor Simeon a little bit more willing to serve up to serve up some jump balls to his receivers, and they seem to work. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I I should we shouldn't say I shouldn't say anything thrown to Emmanuel Sanders is exactly a jump ball because right. he's like basically my height, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, he does the Demaris Thomas, but he'll go long to Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. and it's wor- and it's working when they do it, mm-hmm. um, and they've they've shown sort of a growing willingness to allow him to do that. Um, so th- that would be at least one way to stretch out <laughs> uh, their yardage gained. But um, man, they need to they need to get some first downs. And they need to get first downs early in the game. Yeah, four three and outs to start the game Ugh. is not conducive to success. Um, <laughs> no. 12, 12 plays, four punts, you're not going to win a lot of games that way, especially going down 13 and nothing. And one thing I realized talking to a lot of defensive players this week, and um, that forces pressure on the defense that you wouldn't expect, um, and that creates more mistakes than you would expect. You know, guys trying to make that play. They feel like, all right, we need to get us back in this game um, because offense won't. So then you find guys out of position. You find guys out of their gap. And then that's how they run a big 30, 40 yard play past you, you know. Um, so you know it all puts in together. It's all full team, but guys on the other side realize when the offense is struggling and they feel like they got to pick up the load. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the last game until Broncos bye week. They need it. They need it physically. They probably need it mentally too. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to buckle down, hang tight, and get through one more game before they can take a breather. Um, because after that, uh, what is that, 10 games in? Mm-hmm. So they'll have six more, three, half of their remaining games are AFC West games. So, yeah. And one of, one of them that's not is against the Patriots. So a tough slate uh, on the back end for the Denver Broncos. Um, one last thing, Cameron. Uh, I, think you were, I think you were there when we were talking to Tony and Nixon and Lorenzo Doss this week about where to go to eat in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They basically mentioned every single restaurant in New Orleans. So I'm yeah. like, thanks for the help, fellas. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you just, are you just don't just hand me the phone book. Give me some. Did you you've been you've been to New Orleans before? Do you, uh-huh. Did you like the suggestions? Do you even care? Or are you just gonna eat a Whataburger? No, no, I'm not. I don't even think they have a Whataburger. In oh, Louisiana. I thought th- I thought you said they did. No, Texas is Whataburger. Oh, oh Texas yeah, got yeah. to Whataburger. They have a couple in like Florida, Oklahoma, but it's really a Texas thing. No, I'm definitely gonna get you know some. Some uh, some Creole food yeah. definitely down there. Might grab me a po' boy, yeah. uh, maybe a beignet, oh, uh, yeah. beignet um, when I'm out there. So we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely 
get some of the taste of New Orleans. I've been down there a couple of times, so I know a couple spots. But okay. I'll definitely, right. I might try one of T. Nix's spots and uh, <laughs> see see if he. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about being a, a native bread guy down there. No, I, I'm sure he does. Yeah. But he just gave like 30 suggestions. Did, like, dude, did. come on. Like we only have <laughs> we only have like one or two days. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can only hit two or three spots. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, whatever. It'll be an interesting game. Probably a high flying game. So um, lots to uh, lots to be able to watch. Early game too. Yeah. If you're out there listening, don't sleep in. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff Denver time. So uh, Broncos Saints on Sunday. Uh, one team ascending, one team descending. I won't say which. You can guess after this podcast. But uh, plenty to look to. Uh, keep looking uh, for more information at the Denver Post and DenverPost.com. Thank you.